the world as we know it is in total chaos. The 20th century business models, education systems, and power structures are collapsing jobs globally and being replaced by robots, artificial intelligence, and other technologies. And by 2020, most full-time jobs in the United States will be replaced by part-time gig work. Are you and your family prepared for the disruption? Do you have what it takes to survive the future? Rolvin Koch has made it his mission to become the 21st century's North Star for success in the new digital world. Listen in as he masterminds with global change makers, business leaders, policy makers, educators, technologists, and disruptive entrepreneurs to solve one of the most critical problems of the 21st century, how to survive the future of work. Now here's your host, Rolvin Koch. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Surviving the Future of Work. Today's guest is Katie Four. She is the founder of Her Future Work. After a 20-plus year career in digital marketing and advertising, Katie became increasingly concerned with how advances in technology and automation are impacting jobs, specifically for women. She started HerFutureWork.com to help women start solving for the future of work within their communities through innovation, continuous learning, and networking. She says, it's our time to rewrite the rules and write a new story of equality and success for all women. Please welcome to the show, Katie Four. Katie, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you today because you touch on a topic that is extremely important. Um, today, we're going to be talking about impact of the future work on women. And I want to you know, ask you a little bit about that. For people that are not familiar with you, let me know who Katie Fior is and, and what is it that you do? Sure. Well, I have a history of working in advertising and marketing throughout my whole career. And about a year and a half, two years ago, I shifted my focus to be focused on the future of work. And I've been doing that full time since last fall. And I started an organization called Her Future Work, which is dedicated to using the future of work as a platform for women to use as a catalyst for change, positive change. So, you know, the future of work means a lot of changes are coming our way. And I think this is an opportunity for all of us to use that as an opportunity to create positive change for women. I love that you say that. One of the key words I noticed you're saying is opportunity. Because a lot of people mm -hmm. look at the, you know, they see the future of work and, and the show is surviving the future of work. Yes, there are some, going to be a lot of ramifications to it, but there are a lot of opportunities. So what are some of the ramifications that you saw in terms of women specifically that made you or inspired you to start this particular platform geared towards women? Well, I felt that when I first became aware of the future of work and what was happening, it was in my capacity at work. And I was being briefed by a client about new app that they were introducing, which would enable humanless transactions. And they said that it was great. It was what customers wanted. They wanted to do everything on their phone. They don't want to deal with people. But then, you know, they kind of on the side said, actually, this is about getting rid of people. We're going to let go of people. We're going to, we need to make our numbers better. So that kind of made a lot of um, light bulbs go off in my head that, oh my God, what's going on with this? Yeah. And I started doing research into the future of work and I found a ton of stuff being published around the impact on industries and around regions and, and skill sets. But nobody was talking about the impact on women and women at a minimum face 
gender bias in the workplace. And if you're a woman of color, you face, you know, racial bias. There, there are a whole list of others. If you're an older woman, if you've left work to raise your family and want to come back, there are all sorts of biases where women are constantly working to catch up. So I was got very worried that if we don't do something, women are potentially going to be left behind because there will be fewer and fewer jobs for more and more people. But at the same time, this is potentially a level setting and it's an opportunity to step in and make some change because things will change. And if we don't step in and do something, the changes will be dictated to us. And that's why I think this is, it's up to us now to kind of step up and say that this is the time for us to start changing what it means to work what is acceptable to us, what our standards are, and, and creates a real positive impact. I love that because you talk a lot about redefining, not necessarily the system as it is, but redefining, like completely redesigning the whole system behind it. And I, I think that's really important. Like you said, there's so many setbacks already, you know, the, the odds are pretty much stacked against women. And when you, compound, you add these different components to it, you know, now we have the future of work. Oh, man, what are we going to do? So it's, this is amazing that you started this particular platform. This is Right. And if you think about it, everything that we do, all of our systems of work are designed around men. And I mean, starting with the office temperature, you know, and, and that's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of true. And when you think about men who are successful, it's often because they have a wife that stays at home and takes care of a lot of different things. So a lot of organizations are thinking about the future of work and how to make things better and different for their employees. But it, it's still with, a, with an eye toward optimizing an existing system of work which in my opinion should really be blown up and completely rethought and, and redesigned. And I honestly think if we designed with women at the center, if we solve for women, we solve for everybody. So how does your platform, Her Future Work, really kind of help solve and look at issues like that? You know, where do you, where do you guys kind of fit into that picture? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that in a couple of different ways. At the most basic, Her Future Work is a platform and network for women to connect, learn more about the future of work, and find each other to start mobilizing and creating change or, or developing ideas on their own. Also, we'll be launching our first innovation challenge in the fall. And this is really what I wanted to do with the platform, is provide an opportunity or, or a platform for, to work with women to facilitate actual ideation and change. So our innovation challenge will be happening in the fall. We'll be It's actually going to be happening with teenage girls where we're going to be giving them a challenge to, um, we haven't defined it yet, but it'll be probably something along the lines of, you know, how can you use technology to create jobs or create opportunity, that type of thing. And then take them using innovation frameworks, take them through the whole process where in addition to solving for the specific challenge, we'll be working with them to teach them what I believe are the skills of the future, which are the ability to ideate and envision and sort of reframe and just come up with positive, productive ideas the ability to communicate and continuously learn and also networking and community. So they're going to learn a lot of critical skills of the future. They'll also learn important skills for them and their path forward to college or wherever they may go at work. And then hopefully at the end of it, they'll come up with a really great idea and we're going to hook them up with a coach and mentor and potentially an investor, depending on the type of idea they come up with to get it off the ground. So that's really the ultimate goal with the the platform is to provide women with a mechanism to collaborate and come up with ideas and put them into place. And I'm really focused on an intersectionality of women. I'm not just talking about 
professional women in an office, I think true innovation is going to come from that intersectionality of women with the, the female farmer and the CEO and the teacher and, you know, the stay-at-home mom. All of those people together, uh, the one thing they have in common is that they're all women. And I think getting that cross-section is where the real wonderful ideas will start to come up. You make, you touch on a few things that are really important. So you, it sounds like you're using like a design thinking type of process exactly. to take them through, yep. yeah, through the ideation and reframing and things like that. You also talk about continuous learning, which is one thing that I believe is essential for future of work. Uh, we're, we're, we're moving out of this space where you could just go to school and be done. <laughs> you think you can be done. Yeah, I got my degree or I got my college diploma. I'm my high school diploma, but we're not living in the world like that anymore. So right. talk about, talk about that a little bit. I mean, when you, when you, bring people into your, or people sign up for your, your platform, do they already know about the future of work? What are you hearing from them? Is it something new, a new concept to them when you, when you talk about it, I guess, on social media? What's the, what's the yeah, take so, on it? So that it, that's an interesting question because some people are aware of it. And I think because they come across it in their work and other people aren't really aware of it, but they're coming to it naturally. So it's, it's interesting since I put the platform out there, the people that are finding me on their own, definitely a lot of older women, I'd say either women that are, are, are 45 plus, women that have left the workforce to have kids and want to come back in. And also I'm being reached out to by a lot of young women and a lot of young women of color in STEM fields where they all tell me the same story. They don't see any faces like theirs and they want to be a role model and inspire other you know, girls around them to get into STEM fields. So I would say it's a lot of outliers. It's right, the non-traditional woman, because I think that the average woman in the workforce is very well covered and very well, has a lot of support with everything that's out there. But the women who are kind of outliers are the ones that are the most impacted by the future of work, who I think have the most opportunity in front of them because of it. And they're the ones that are naturally gravitating toward me, which I think is super exciting because those are really the people that I, I want to work with, you know, the people that who the system has never really been designed to make things easy for them. They're the ones that I get the most excited about working with. Yeah, I love that. And like you said, I mean, there's so many there are outliers out there and they're bringing a lot of uh, different skill sets. Like you said, it's the intersectionality is important, you know, where it's, it's really cross-functional. So I love that you're, you're reaching out and touching people that are in different parts of the spectrum, even, even in the workplace as they're breaking down silos and companies are going through their, their own transformations. They're, they're figuring out that in order for them to be successful in the future, the way the world is, is changing, they need to bring in different perspectives. So I think that's Absolutely. really important. Yeah. Really yeah. important uh, what you what you guys are doing. So, like I said, you started this in the fall of 2008. I mean, this is this is great. So people that are interested, you know, and they're like, well, I'm not sure if this is for me or if I could afford something like this. You know, what do you say to them? Um, is it you know something that's affordable for everyone that wants to join or? Yeah, well, I mean, I, yes. I mean, it doesn't cost anything to join her future work, and I've done a lot of um, you know sort of like presentations around the, around the, the three skills that, that are the most important, sort of the, the envisioning, the continuous learning, and, and the networking. And all those things are things you can learn about on your own for, for free. I mean, continuous learning is critical for everybody. And there are lots of resources out there that don't cost any money. So it's not like you have to go back to school and get your MBA. You don't even have to take a very expensive online course. There's a ton of stuff out there. Um, that you could do for free. And that's where I would suggest people 
start learning. And yeah. And, and I, I think, um, taking classes around, you know, design thinking, innovation, anything that sort of teaches you to understand what it is that you're really trying to solve for, to see the opportunities, to have empathy so that you can understand what it is, you know, get, get a better sense of what it is that you're solving for. Those are really critical skills. You can go to a library and get a book about that and talk to your friends about it. So I, it's not something I think people have to invest money in. And I also think people who probably most may think that this is not really for me. Maybe they work in a type of job where they don't think those types of things are relevant or necessary. I would argue it's actually the opposite. It's people who are finding themselves in a position where their job is being automated or eliminated. They're the ones who most rapidly need to start to develop those skills to continue working, to continue staying within the workforce, which is going to be, you know, it's challenging for one set of workers now, but there are going to be multiple ways and eventually it's it's going to hit all of us. So it's something everybody would do well to get ahead of. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. Like I said, you can learn about all this information online, but I think that's why, you know, we're, we're doing stuff like this. Like I have the podcast because I feel like people are not paying attention to what's happening. They don't realize what's happening. Um, and it's important that we try to get the word out. I mean, I was in the supermarket like two days ago and stop and shop. And I'm walking down the aisle and I bump into one of their newest employees, huge robot. This guy had to be like six, like six feet three inches tall. It would be a huge robot just scanning the aisles, looking for spills and calling it out. And I saw one of the, Oh, wow. I mean, I was blown away. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they've deployed robots into the supermarkets already. So when you talk about the type of jobs that are going to be hit, it's, I mean, it's from top to bottom, everyone's going to be impacted in some capacity. And and so when you talk about continuous learning and picking up new skills, it's extremely important. You don't have to go to the, the biggest college. There are a ton of you know, institutions online that you can utilize and to upskill yourself and, and reskill. It's so critical. And I, I love what, what you're doing. So what are some of the other tips that you would give people that want to, and maybe it's a man out there. It's like, oh, I wish I could join her, her future work, but I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm not sure if, she'll, if she would accept me. What, what do you say to the man that's listening and they want to be in a community or learn more about, you know, how they can prepare themselves? Well, I mean, I think the, the tips are the same across the board for men or women. And I think the idea that everything is changing and we can let it happen to us or we can try and affect some change. So in some ways, this is potentially a clean slate for a lot of women. When you talk about continuous learning, think about it. If you're a senior level male at an organization and now you're having to learn constantly, you're not keeping up with that. But someone who took time off, a mom took time off to spend with their family, somehow she managed to take some courses and maintain, you know, or, or even get ahead. You know, what does that look like to the employer? You've got somebody who was previously out of the workforce and now knows a lot more than your employee. This could be a level setting to some degree for women if we figure out how to mobilize and, you know, and activate or, around that. But I think everybody just really needs, those are the three skills, uh, mm-hmm. understanding how to, how to use this as an opportunity, how to continue to learn, and then how to network. And networking, I think, will become increasingly important. I mean, there are lots of statistics around how your next job is not found online. It's found through your network. I think it's something like 80% of jobs are found through work. I think it's actually becoming harder and harder to get a job because of automation. And this is something I've talked to HR people about. I mean, they worry about their jobs. Yeah. Because the whole recruitment process, it's resumes, 
that are scanned by artificial intelligence. People aren't really looking at them as much, or at least they're, they're highly curated by artificial intelligence before the HR person even looks at them. So if you want to sort of avoid that whole process, you really need to be making connections with people all the time. And this is probably a really narcissistic kind of thing to say, but I think wherever you are in your career, you always need to be looking for your next job or your next opportunity, whatever that may be, because you don't know what's going to happen. No matter how well you are at your company in five years or a year or 10 years, it may be bought. It may completely disrupt it and go out of business. And in the meantime, while you're networking, not only you're meeting people, you're coming up with ideas of your own. It's easier than ever to start your own business. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about creating a network is all the different ideas you come up with because you're meeting new and different and interesting people that are kind of stimulating your brains in a way you hadn't thought possible before. And it's those connections that really form the new ideas that, you know, maybe you don't want to work at a certain company for the next 20 years. Maybe you've got this great idea. It just needed to be teased out and you meet somebody that's going to help you make it happen. That's the future of work. It's people really leveraging all the technology that's out there that is democratizing our ability to do our own thing in a really positive way. So I think there's, again, just a ton of opportunity for people out there. Let me ask you a question. I'm not sure if you had any case studies as yet, because we talked about, you know, some continuous learning and, and doing learning on your own and being able to position yourself like someone, you know, maybe they stayed home with, to raise their children. Now they want to get back into work. But then they went and got a certification online on something like a Udemy or Coursera or edX or something like that. Have you heard any stories where HR is looking at those certifications and saying, well, this is not enough? And, it, and I, I was trying to figure out and gauge because there are a lot of CEOs and companies that are saying now, well, we don't necessarily need someone with a college degree. We want someone that has the skills. By the time you graduate from a university, those skills are antiquated. But at the same time, are they actually looking at those certifications that you can get online from these um, MOOC academies, you know, with the same weight that they do a degree? So I'm not sure if you've heard any uh, feedback in terms of, you know, how they've been perceived in the marketplace or not. No, I think that's a good question. And I guess the way I would answer it is I know a number of HR women in the tech field that really want to get more, that want to hire more women. There are a lot of industries with a quote unquote woman problem where they really want to draw more women in. So those may be more likely to be instances where it will be easier for women to get back in. And I don't know. I mean, I think if you're working at an organization and maybe it's being disrupted and you've got a whole lot of people who aren't really seeing it or don't believe it's actually happening. But then there are outsiders who have taken extensive classes in transformation and change management and systems practice and design thinking, you know, and you feel like your, your employees aren't really keeping up or understanding the challenge. I think at some point you are going to start to look outside to the people that are willing to think differently, who have proven that I will continue to challenge myself to learn new things and look at things differently and try new things. So I think it's important and I think it's going to happen more and more because there will be a whole lot of people that are going to resist everything that's happening. And those are the people that really will be left behind. I think no matter how qualified they are, if they don't show an acceptance or willingness to acknowledge that, hey, the world around us is changing, we need to do things differently, even a little bit, those are the people that are going to get forced out of work. Absolutely. Either you get with it at this point or you're just going to get rolled over. (laughs) Right. I mean, this is this is not this is this is the fourth industrial revolution. And it's like this is not just another recession or something that's happening. It's just a huge movement in the way of the world and how the world is working. So, Katie, if you want to leave people with just 
one piece of advice, you know, as they're looking for their next job or they look for their next opportunity, what would you kind of leave them with to help them figure out how they survive and thrive in the future of work? I would say to everybody, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. You know, this is a scary time. You need to learn to em- embrace it and treat it like the opportunity that it is and use it as, as a springboard to improve your life and your prospects and your income and everything else, that, your, your way of life. And don't let it terrify you. Don't let it leave you behind. And there are lots of other people out there trying to do the same thing. And you just need to find your, your community. So they want to find out more about your community. Where can they find it and where can they find Absolutely. you online uh, herfuturework.com and if people want to uh, get in contact with you for more interviews and things like that how can they reach you katie at herfuturework.com or they could go to the website and submit through the uh, contact us form there that's phenomenal well katie thank you so much for your for your wisdom and for sharing uh, your your insights into the impact of future work for women I'd love to have you back on in the future to hear how things are shaping up with your community and hear about your innovation project that you have coming up in the fall. Yeah, I, well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the, the conversation. Absolutely. Until next time, you take care. Okay, you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Surviving the Future of Work. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you did, feel free to leave me a review over at iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to me right now, as well as emailing me about, you know, any particular feedback or if you want to suggest any guests or have me, you know, speak at one of your events or anything like that, you can email me at assistant at rolvingcoke.com. And if you want to join the newsletter and find out what's happening and how you can better prepare yourself and your organization for the future of work, head over to survivingthefutureofwork.com. And that's a wrap. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Take care.